You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. We're getting so much closer to yeah. playoff time. We're into the month of February and yeah, kind of weird to say playoff time, but well, we got magic numbers less to go. So we're, yeah. we're getting there and, and races are starting to take shape. We're starting to, to see who are the contenders. And we kind of saw that, I would say, about a month ago or so to get a good idea of who really has an opportunity. But now we really are. So right. it's 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 really interesting to see. And, well, this show specifically, I would say, is one of the, I know funner's not a word, but the more fun shows of the year because the event everybody has circled on the calendar, I'm sure, the NHL All-Star Game. Well, last year, Nikita Kucherov. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, man, that was hilarious. <laughs> hey, I got we what he was do trying a poll. to do. It looked bad, but I thought it was hilarious. Hey, should we do a poll? Should we do a poll? Could you have put in a better effort than Nikita Kucherov at the All-Star Game skills competition? Man, I was pretty bad. I don't know. That's tough. That was that was horrible. My passing like, sucked. That's why I always shot. Yeah, but at least you put in an effort. Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like the thing with the Kucherov thing is that I'm like that I'm upset about is one. Yeah, it is kind of funny, but two. <laughs> It's kind of a joke. If you pay all that money, knowing Toronto prices, right? You pay all that money to go to an event. One of the guys in the MVP race in the in the NHL does that. It's like, well, why even go? You know, yeah. like you're paying all that money to go, and it just proves like the All Star Games tr- kind of becoming a joke. Like the draft was the worst coming. Already, <laughs> I want to say it, it is. Hey, I want to say it nicely about that. Um, but one, the draft was horrible. Love oh, the draft was that was dumb. That Michael Bublé was the most entertaining part. Like <laughs> it was that was funny. Like oh yeah, I, I, it's unfortunate he was high, higher than a kite, but it I, I thought it was hilarious. Like yeah, Justin Bieber could have cared less. You could tell he didn't care. He was sitting on the steps the whole time. He was like yeah. he was just looking for his poster. Like he Will was, Arnett and Robert. Michael Bublé, I would say were the most involved. Uh, Tate McRae <laughs> yeah, was involved ish. I know yeah. she was kind of looking more forward to performing at the all-star game, which yep. Canadian. I still haven't seen the performance, but yeah, Canadian uh, flames fans. So uh, you know, that's cool. But yeah, Bieber could care less. You, you could it's tell just at a, the draft. It's just the it joke. Was, it was dumb. Do you honestly think the player, like we've talked about this off air the whole time and I know we're talking about the NHL, but it's funny. We talked about this for a while. Do you really think the players care about, wanting to go to Toronto in the beginning of February, in the middle of winter, over going to some island? Uh, I mean, when you play in a market that's cold all the time, I'm sure you'd rather go to an island, for sure. Yeah. It's like, you imagine... Even if you play for well, Florida or Arizona well, or look at, a Los Angeles team, Calif- like, well, look at Edmonton, North. Right? Look at Edmonton. If you're McDavid, Drysdale, you're pretty upset because... Edmonton comes out of the all-star break in Vegas. And it's yeah. like, you imagine like, uh, you know how many guys in Edmonton are going to be like, Hey, I'm just going to spend the all-star break in uh Vegas. I'll a hey, team meet me here. I'll just yeah. bring my stuff. You know how many guys are going to do that this year? Like, nine days in between games. That's yeah. That's pretty intriguing. So, so many Oilers are going to do that. Right. Go yeah. to Vegas. Um, But that is something there where, the all-star game is just becoming a flop and yeah. the pro bowl is even worse. Nobody watches the pro bowl, but I, I never even, want, even I when honest, it was a real game. I never watched it. Yeah. Like I never watch it either, but like 
that's just becoming a joke with the contest and the touch football and stuff. Like, and that's more of what the NFL is becoming. And to be honest, like, I mean, touch football, I can understand, but at the same time, that's if you the NFL get, if you get hurt at a, at a all-star game, I mean, that's always a bad look, but you do also have the entire off season to yeah. recover from that. So that is the silver lining in it, but also yeah, yeah, like you said, the NFL is kind of flag football right now with some of the Yeah, you can't touch any of the quarterbacks. You know, at the same I, time, I think it, it's it, it's especially the fact that there's no NHL All-Star game next year. It's something that's it's, I like the world of better. It's not a it generates revenue, I guess, but it doesn't generate interest. Like for for me, I the MLB All-Star game will is one that will never go away. Uh, but I wish you know, it was still one, for the World Series. Well, that would be nice. Yeah, if it was still for the World Series home advantage, absolutely. Like, that was awesome. And I know yeah. maybe players who were in the game that won the game for American League, National League, were on a bottom feeder and had no opportunity to play in the World Series, but they yeah. affected who got home field advantage. I can understand that. But at the same time, that was interesting. You know, the home run derby is always going to be miles ahead of the Pro Bowl games or Absolutely. the NHL skills. Or, Absolutely. I mean, I still like the dunk competition. That's pretty cool. But any of yeah. the other NBA All-Star Game festivities, <laughs> like the home run derby is still on top of those. And the MLB All-Star Game, it's it's hard to not try because then you're just going to have In your- 27 guys or 27 at-bats on each team for nine innings, and it'll just yeah. be strikeouts, right? So you yeah. You know, you kind of do have to try to in yeah. order for it to be interesting. So, but it's I just I just think next year with the Four Nations thing is a lot better than All Star game. Oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a lot better. Too. And hey, at least hey, at least there will be future OHLers going to the yep. uh, next Olympics. Yeah, which is twenty twenty six. There'll be a couple in the league right now on the team twenty thirty for sure. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and yeah. Well. Well. And for anyone wondering why we're talking about All Star games. The reason being is we're going to draft our own all-star teams from the Ontario Hockey League, and we'll go over the rules once we get to that segment. It'll be in segment number two, but we each have rosters of 23 names, and we will go through the draft and pick our teams. So, like I said, 23 roster spots. We'll go through them all. One from each team, kind of like the NHL does it. You get one representative from each team. Uh, so of course we'll pick one person from each team, uh, for our roster. So that's obviously 20 skaters and then three reserves with a few specifications for those reserves. So it, uh, should be interesting and that'll be a fun segment number two here on this week's show. Also on tap, go over our thoughts on the weekend, touch on the players of the week, which show intern shout out to GB 19. Yeah. Big name player of the week. We'll get to that. And then final segment to round out the show. Of course, we'll look ahead to this weekend and go over the power rankings. So it should be a fun show this week. Big changes. Yeah. Let's uh, let's start with our, our thoughts on the weekend, Colin, because the top of the Eastern Conference, at least the four spots, continue to be jam-packed. And you can also see the Ottawa 67s starting to climb their way up to get into that group. Yeah. They've surpassed the Steelheads, who were part of that group for a lot of the season so far. But Ottawa has has taken or gone past them, I guess is a better term, up by two points as uh, as we record the show on Monday night. But 
you know, the Sudbury Wolves, Oshawa Generals, North Bay Battalion, Brantford Bulldogs, four teams, three tied, one is ahead of the pack, and no pun intended, that's the Sudbury Wolves at 59 points, but the Generals Battalion Bulldogs all at 58. So, and it's and it's gotten interesting over the last, I would say, probably, what, three to four weeks, two, three, four weeks, and yeah. That's because of the Oshawa Generals. You know, we were we were looking at the Wolves, Battalion, Bulldogs, and Steelheads as the four, whereas the Generals have put their name into the conversation with their their stellar play of late. A team that's seven, one, one, and one in their last ten. Six, oh, one, and one is the current streak they're on right now. So they have put themselves in a very good position. They score eight on Brantford on Sunday evening. Now, to be fair, Bulldogs coming off a three and three where they saw the Wolves, then Battalion, and then went into Oshawa to play the Generals. But, you know, at the same time, it's it, it's still impressive to to chase Mateo Drobak out of that game, quickly get to David Igorov as well. And, well, wouldn't you know it, ROWs play a factor, and they're at the top of the East Division. Yeah, I mean, the goal differential as well. I mean, Oshawa giving up the least amount of goals in the Eastern Conference is impressive uh, for a team that has improved a lot defensively this year. Oshawa has... Uh, the thing about Oshawa is they're such a big team. You're seeing that length becoming an advantage right now. When you watch them play it, last year I thought, you know, there's some teams that can game plan against them. This year there's a, they're a lot more deeper. Um, Koopa Linens really impressed me this year. I mean, obviously this weekend with no Connor Lockhart and they still get, get the job done. It's pretty impressive. It just shows how deep they are this year. And they're getting a lot of shots on goal. The majority of the games they always shoot their opponent, which is huge. They have the puck. Yeah. And when you do that, when you play the right way like that, you're going to get opportunities. And they don't give up a lot of goals, and they score a lot when they get opportunities. So that that to me is a rep- rep- uh, wow, a recipe for success. Want to talk today, Colin, or not? <laughs> um, but yeah, they're solid. I mean, six zero one and one in their last ten are they're streaking. They've just been great, and it'll be interesting to see what happens here down the stretch because they're a team that's definitely right now probably the most balanced probably the deepest team in the eastern conference you could say at this rate i mean all those teams are deep you can't deny that i mean sudbury sudbury is a team to me that reminds me so much of peterborough last year reese where it's like 221 goals score already right like they're not pace for 300 and that's a team where they're going to score a lot of goals but can they get it together we have saw this numerous times throughout the last couple of years with this course sudbury's assembled reese and Sudbury's the type of team where you look at this team, when you watch this team play, it's like one game they'll be really good, but when there's a bad game, they're core guys, and you know who these guys are. Um, when they're off, their team game can be very ugly to watch. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. they can get exploited. If they're going to, and it reminds me a lot of Peterborough last year, right? Where Peterborough had to get their process and just put peak at the right time, and which they did. Um, and that's to me to watch for on Sudbury this year. Can that team be a team that can click at the right time and really uh, get momentum? But they drop a lot of big games. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But those two teams look solid right now. Branford North Bay got to play better. Um, obviously, this week with the 3-3 three and three for Branford, they ran out of gas on Sunday. And North Bay, North Bay, that's a big game on Saturday to win, but you can't drop that game on Sunday. Um, that's yeah, well, and, and especially because you you come into this weekend trip uh, relaxed at home on Friday, getting ready for for a trip down south to the Civic Center, take care of business against the Bulldogs, and really that was the game that I'm sure the battalion were looking at. Yeah. And 
It's out I, I think it's safe to say they're not the only team that would look at it that way. You know, whereas the tough test being in Brantford and then you, oh, let's 100%. finish off the weekend at the Meridian Center. And, well, uh, introducing Ryan Robrick because his first OHL hat trick helped propel the Ice Dogs over the battalion. Funny enough, the same score that they beat the Bulldogs 24 hours earlier, 6-4. to four. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for that one, I... I and you know Ty Nelson out of the lineup. That's that's a big miss for for the battalion. I think any team without a guy like Ty Nelson in the lineup, you know, that's definitely a big hole. But but that's just you know guys got to step up. And I think for the battalion, a, a team that loaded up, whereas Niagara, a team that you know definitely sold off their their top guys to get better for the future. The battalion absolutely expected to go into St. Catharines and win that game. But Absolutely. just didn't happen. Ice Dog stepped up. Robrick stepped up. And, you know, that's interesting. That's another thing that I was going to bring up. So I guess we'll stay on the topic of the Ice Dogs is their, their 16-year-old line, the rookie line that they ran this past weekend. Right. It worked out in Peterborough as well as they got an overtime victory there. But, you know, with, with Ethan Ethan Zada, Robrick, uh, and Galianov, you know, I'm not saying they're the lone reason why they've they've won two in a row and won two in a row to end the weekend, but they Gavin were a big Brian, part Kevin, of it for sure. Yeah, then Gavin Brian, Kevin, he's stepping up as well, and Peter Will the night before was huge for them. Um, but absolutely, they played great. And, uh, Robrick, youngest player since 2006 to record a hat-trick. Um, and obviously his first hat-trick of his OHL career, first of many. I mean, you look at him, the shot that he has, the poise, he has a moxie with the puck, right? He's so yeah. impressive. And the way the, his release is so quick and watching him last year, a few times in his draft year, it's like you watch him play and the, the release is a lot of a hybrid of Bedard Matthews. It's an elite, it's an elite release that he has on his shot. Um, He can snap the puck off. He shoots to score every time he gets a puck, which is nice to have. You need those guys. It's hard to come by that. Um, He reminds me a ton, a ton of Mason McTavish in his first year. Um, with Peterborough. So there's some, there's kind of a comp there as well, but with Mason McTavish, obviously it's tough to throw that name out there to compare to anybody, but it's also tough to compare the guy to Connor Bedard, Austin Matthews with the release shot, but the leadership's there, the accountability's there. I remember when Waterloo won the Alliance last year, Reese, um, over the London junior Knights, Ryan Robrick stand out, stood out there at the blue line and watched Waterloo celebrate like, three to five minutes after his team left the ice, him and Ethan Weir were out there watching them. And that was the last time they wore a uniform for a lot of junior nights. Right. And it's one of those things where the leadership's there. The, the want to win is there. The drive is there. That fire instinct that you got to have is there, which is a cool story about Ryan Robrick. Uh, what a player though. And um, the work ethic's definitely there, which is huge. And when you put the hours in, you're going to get it on the ice. And obviously Kevin, he stepping up in overtime was massive against Peterborough. And uh, obviously, player of the week, Gavin Bryan, it's pretty big as well. Um, new captain of the team, the leadership, he's got to step it up. And everyone, you and I both know that, like, per leadership, like, since the day we had him on the show before he played a game in the OHL, like, days after he was drafted by Owen Sound, you and I both talked about it on it off air, being like, that guy's a leader. Like, that guy, like, he's going to have a really good OHL career. He's going to be a captain. Um, and uh, that came true for sure. But, um, yeah, they're an exciting team to watch. But the 16-year-old line, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. And right now, enjoy the ups. And Niagara, it was nice to see a big crowd there as well on Sunday. Yeah. 
Yeah, Meridian. it was got over five thousand uh, at Meridian yeah, Center nice. on on Sunday, so that's pretty cool. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention kind of stood out, and while we were on the topic of the Bulldogs uh, with a three and three, London Knights, same thing. Uh, the second, third, and fourth, a five three victory on Friday against the Otters, and then a couple of four three victories, both on the road, one in Owen Sound, one in Guelph. It's kind of funny. Those three teams are in order in the standings, Guelph, Owen Sound, and Erie. They kind of do that reverse with the trip there. But, uh, you know, that's uh, – and the amount of separation they've been able to create, what, within a span of a week or two after being tied with the Rangers at the top of the Midwest Division yeah, or the top of the Western up. Conference. Yeah, like 73 points for the Knights, 64 for the Rangers. Game in hand, too. Yeah, and 20 points in 20 straights. Uh, you know, they're – they're they're pushing to be the Midwest Division champion once we hit the beginning of March, right right now, and and they've done a phenomenal job creating the separation with the Rangers. Also, 100%. four points up on the Spirit as well. Uh, nothing to to look away from. So still just eleven regulation losses for the Knights as well. I don't. If there's a case to be made, I mean, we've had conversations who we think should be coach of the year in the past. A yeah. run with points in 20 straight is a is a pretty good case uh, for the London Knights and and for their coaching staff, which I I was really hoping that we wouldn't have a, a headline like this, and it really isn't a headline. But um, you know, on on the topic of the London Knights. Uh, the news came down on Monday uh, of the passing of Logan Hunter. So we just want to send our, our condolences to the London Knights, to the Hunter family as well. And uh, again, another story we didn't want to see pop up on our Twitter feed any day, really. But uh, it, it unfortunately did on, on Monday, February 5th. 100% well said, Reese. I'm glad you brought that up. I was about to mention that as well. Um, in the Sam Dickinson post, uh, quote was really good at the Knights posted on yeah, social media about we are a family here, including the coaches, and we are heartbroken for them. We won this week for Logan and did it for the Hunter family. So that was a pretty cool, nice quote by uh, draft eligible Sam Dickinson um, of the London Knights. But, yeah, very uh, tough news to see in the Ontario Hockey League world for sure um, on Monday afternoon or Monday morning, that is. But uh, the London Knights, 11 points away from clinching playoff spot so look at you doing math that a boy i think two weeks from now i think two weeks from now they're in um i think before march they're in around family day uh they'll be in the playoff spot i would imagine they'll have that all locked up but uh, yeah so that's that's when we can start to look at standings i guess you could say or uh standings uh schedule for for the london knights coming up flint and windsor are their next two. I think if you're a London Knight player, coach, fan, probably look to or expect to to win those two games. Uh, Oshawa, that's an interesting game on Sunday. Uh, two o'clock start in Oshawa. That's a good game. That'll probably be one of the ones we'll be looking ahead to uh, in the final segment. So London-Oshawa on, uh, on February 11th. And then, I mean, back-to-back tough ones because they then host Sault Ste. Marie on the 16th. So... You know, a couple of games with Flint and Windsor there, but then, you know, the the challenge gets pretty tough with Oshawa and Sault Ste. Marie, so. That's the thing, eh? They've answered right now a lot. Like, the last month or so, since the deadline, they've answered every yeah. single question. Like, every single doubt they've answered. I mean, the Kitchener, the three games against Kitchener within a week, you know, that was a question, right? What are you going to do when 
one out of two, win two out of win two out of three. What's going to happen there? But they were they found a way to win them all, and that's really propelled this success. And they got momentum right now. And um, I'm sure, and this is a note that I had, Reese, uh, one of my yeah. thoughts on the weekend. And I'm sure they want to say thank you to the Bayshore because the Bayshore door where the visiting team comes out. Did you see that hit on Maddenstein to pop the door open and it caused the delay? Owen sounds up 3-1 on Saturday night. Um, Maddenstein gets hit into the tunnel where the visiting team comes out at the Bayshore. The door popped open for the second time in the game. And that propelled the Knights comeback with nine minutes to go. Owen sound was up 3-1 and then, I mean, they got that bumper bonk situation going on there all over the T-shirts and all over the shop. And London um, finds a way to find the back of the net again to tie it up late. But what a week they had. Um, And I'm just thinking, like, I know the Bayshore is a great arena, but that's got to be fixed before the next game because there's a huge safety concern there. Um, Somebody's going to get hurt really bad, and they're very lucky Madden Steen didn't get hurt um, on that play. But – uh. That's a dangerous play, and they definitely have to get that fixed. Because remember when we were there, Reese, this year the Bulldogs were there, you look at those doors, and those are like the old school doors. Like, there's no post that goes through. Like, there's not a lot there. Like, yeah, one hard hit with that wooden board. Yeah, that can pop open. No problem, that door. That has to be fixed by the next game. Um, That's not league mandated. There's no way that's a league safe um, safety there. You cannot allow that. And, um, that really uh, sparked a comeback, you could say, but the most important thing on that play is league safety and player safety for that matter. Um, we can't have guys getting hurt on the in a thing like that that should be avoided. Easily. Well, they have till Wednesday when they yeah. host Sarnia. So yeah, that should be that should be fixed. Um, also, though, I guess the big talk on the weekend, Reese, and we've kind of heard a little bit about this. I mean, we kind of chatted on it last week. CHL alum being able to play in the NCAA. Um, yeah. We heard heard on uh, Elliot Friedman's podcast as well. Um, they kind of him and Jeff Merrick chatted about it a little bit. Where it's just, it's sounding like there's a strong possibility this is going to get approved. And when we've talked Reese, to a few people from the Ontario Hockey League about this, it sounds positive that this is going to happen. I think it's the right move. Um, it's. Obviously, the partnership there it might keep uh, it might keep players in the Ontario Hockey League over going to college at six at seventeen years old or going to the USHL. It might help actually because if guys know, well, hey, I can go to the uh, Ontario Hockey League and then after my schooling's covered at the NC in the NCAA and I can still play hockey at the next level. Yeah. So like when you look at a guy like Adam Fantilli, right? Adam Fantilli could have went to Saginaw and then some. Yeah, magic thing happened where he didn't make the end. I was going to say, yeah. But that's one of those things there where that might open up doors for guys to stay. It might entice guys to, hey, we're going to continue to play in the Ontario Hockey League because uh, that option's there. It's nice to have that option. If you're a player, right, that's a nice luxury, a fallback option where, hey, if I don't, I can still go play and I can still go play NCAA and play good hockey. Um, But that's a nice luxury to have. And I think that's a very important deal to get done for the Ontario Hockey League, or I guess for the CHL in that matter. Um, yeah. from this standpoint. Yeah, and I think I think when yeah, is and the question will come up is, you know, like you said, an opportunity uh, of of course school school will be number 1, it's student athlete for a reason, student comes first. So that's of course, you know, the number one priority obviously, but 
at, at the same time, when you when you look at the the comparison between U Sports, the comparison between the NCAA, really guys going there out of high school is scholarships, as in there aren't any in Canada, whereas the States, not to say there's millions of dollars to be handed out for hockey, but there's a lot more to be handed out for hockey there than there is here. So so that's one of the biggest, obviously, biggest factors when guys choose where to go to school. If they do want to go down to the States and play at an NCAA school, do they want to play U sports here in Canada? And, And if this deal is approved, Will we see another Logan Thompson from Brock go to the Vegas Golden Knights? Will we see UNB continue to be phenomenal? And I mean, it's they probably will because of the rich history they have. But you know, is would this? I don't want to say end U Sports, but a would this end U Sports playing the World Junior Team at camp? But would it also get rid of? how high the competitiveness is for for you sports. One, I think that's very important, Reese. And the growth of the U Sports League in Canada is very important, I would assume for the CHL, right? Like that's automatic. Like you gotta grow your country first um and grow that feeder system, which is a strong and rich history feeder system of players going from the Ontario Hockey League in the CHL that matter to U Sports. Like you mentioned uh, um the schools that you did. I mean yeah, like it's tough. I wonder if how much is this to entice the U.S. kids, the Michigan kids, to come yeah. play, and then you still have that eligibility in the NCAA if you don't make it. Yeah, I wonder how much that is to entice them. Also, is this going to be like the tran- like the quote unquote transfer portal? Uh, so let's say I could go play a year, I could play two years in the Ontario Hockey League instead of playing in the USHL, but I can leave when I'm 18 years old and I'm drafted to go play at the University of the Ohio State. Like, I'm just wondering, like, if you could do that, you know, like, I don't think like that's one thing, like, like how we talked about with um, Trevor Zegers, right. Having the rights owned by Mississauga. So Trevor Zegers could go to Mississauga till he's 18 years old. And so the development program, which the development program is a massive strong suit in the USHL and for the U S hockey that they have out of uh, Plymouth. But so he could go to two years at in Mississauga, and then leave. That's one thing that I you got to be careful. That's one negative thing. I think well, out of a couple negatives, but that's one where you got to be careful with, right? Because the transfer portal, for that matter, is honestly it's really wrecking the college football scene. Um, the portal at times. I mean, I'm not gonna complain because right now Ohio State's benefiting from it. But when we're talking about that at the end of the day, it kind of wrecks and it kind of it sends a bad message to what the honestly the modern day sport athlete does. There is no loyalty in sports anymore. No. And I mean, I always go after LeBron James for starting that when he announced when he had that big TV show on ESPN about how he's leaving Cleveland, which is an absolute joke. How he take did that my to talents to South Beach, yeah. yeah. Like, and honestly, the ever since then, the NBA obviously a dream. If you don't win, that's why I'm pumped that the Raptors won 2019, where they drafted this core basically other than the big dog. But it's really hard. And now, when you see these other like now and you see in hockey where if this comes in, you got to make sure there's some loyalty there where you got to play the remainder and you got to have team rights into this as well. Like if someone's going to come over, let's say if Zegers did go to Mississauga, Mississauga has to have that ability to make a decision to approve him to go to Boston or not. Like 
they have to have that decision there because if that if that's the case, well, do you really think how long that's going to work for? Okay, perfect. I'll go to the OHL. I'm going to get drafted first round because there's all the scouts in the world in the OHL. But then once I'm drafted, I'm going to go to college because then I'm able to go on campus, right? Like yeah. then I'm out of high school and I can I'm able to go to college. That that's the that's another thing that is very intriguing to me. That's a question that I have because that's gonna like that would hurt, right? Like that would. That would hurt. So we'll see what happens there um, if that's able to do that. But I think if you sign, you got to play your junior years and then you have that after your career OHL alumni, then kid. But yeah, that's the one thing that I want to know about. And that's my one big question I would say for this matter, because that's a pretty important topic, right? Because we can't lose strong players in the Ontario Hockey League yet once they're drafted for elsewhere. We went through that in baseball with the fake uh, with the fake all-star leagues. Right. Yeah, with the elite programs, guys pay twenty five thousand dollars and exactly. then go to JUCO for four years and waste their time there. So exactly. Yeah. Um, no, good point, Colin. Um, that's one thing that I saw, but totally slipped my mind. So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, all then, right. Let's yeah. Let's hit the let's hit the players of the week here, Colin. Uh, and then we'll then we'll hit the break. Then we'll head into the draft. Hey, can I just give it? Can I just give one quick shout out? Yeah. 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 I go just for want- it. I just want to give a quick shout out to Nolan Lalon. 12 straight wins for Saginaw in net. He's played great. So I want to mention that because Saginaw is down to like 15, 16 points away from that's their magic number from clinching as well. So they'll probably do it two, three weeks time as well. Um, around when London does, they'll be the next closest team. And uh, you can catch uh, Spirit Rising out on Wednesday, by the way, at 6.30 p.m. Um, episode five drops. So that'll be interesting to see how we'll see in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Goaltender of the week in the Ontario Hockey League. Wasn't the starter coming into the season. Michael Simpson, however, has not been in the lineup for the night. So Owen Wilmore doing a phenomenal job. While Simpson is out three wins, goals against average of 1.96, save percentage of 918. He's been phenomenal for the London Knights and that whole team has really, but um, oh, yeah. yeah, Owen Wilmore winning goaltender of the week in the Ontario Hockey League. OHL player of the week, GB19, the show intern, Gavin was phenomenal. Two goals, five assists, seven points. Niagara Ice Dogs picking up a couple of victories over the weekend. So shout out to Gavin because that, uh, that's pretty cool. Mostly, you know, you see these awards with guys who are on teams at the at the top of the league, top of the league standings. They're being successful, which is helping their team be at the top. Whereas Gavin Bryan doing a nice job as captain of the Niagara Ice Dogs and, you know, racking up seven points. Like I said, a couple of hard-fought victories over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I wonder uh, I wonder what he gets out of that uh, player of the week. I wonder how he found out um, the player of the week uh, message, I guess. Probably saw it on Instagram. But uh, probably. I, oh, yeah. I want to know how we got that in the seat in the same year. Wonder what. Wonder how we got that one. <laughs> Just joking with you, Gavin. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well deserved and a great week for them. All right, time to hit the break. When we come back, the draft. It's draft day. Colin Ward and I, we're gonna select our OHL All Stars. It's a little bit of a different format than than normal, but. It kind of worked out for us, and and we'll see how how the teams line up, see which players we we get, and 
we'll go from there. So hopefully you stick around. We'll take a break, come back, and we will draft our OHL All-Star teams for the 2023-2024 season here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Devaney along with Colin Ward. It is draft day. Time to select our 2023-2024 OHL All-Stars. And this is how we're going to do it. So each of us will pick one player from each team. So technically two players from each team will, will be a part of this uh, this draft. We'll go in order. We'll just go alphabetically. So starting with Barry. Ending with the Windsor Spitfires. Like I said, one player from each team. No restrictions on how many rookies we have to pick. Or no maximum or minimum rookies we have to pick. No minimum amount of OAs we have to pick. Of course, we have to pick two goalies. But we're going to, you know, of course, 12 forwards, 60, two goaltenders. And then once we get to the end, what we'll be doing is we'll be picking three reserves. One of those reserves have to be a rookie. One of those reserves have to be an overager. And the other one can be whatever you would like. So that's how this draft is going to work out. And, well, I guess without without delaying it any further, uh, we did uh, select who would would be picking first. And Colin Ward won that honor. So starting with the Barry Colts, Colin Ward, who is the first overall pick in uh, in our all-star draft this year. This is a big one because it's funny. My first two picks, I feel, are going to be very local when I'm looking at this board. Uh, first first pick in the draft from the Barry Colts, and I select Bo Jelsma. Local guy for me. Oh, yeah. Great Atta year. He's, he's having a great year, 50 points in 46 games. Um, captain. Uh, he's the heartbeat of that team, and uh, Bo Jalzma to me is the perfect first pick for my team. First pick for me from the Barry Colts, I'm going with Cole Baudouin, and he has gotten himself on the score sheet. Uh, on Monday, he he was on the score sheet against the Erie Otters with the uh, with an assist. So that is my first draft pick of the night. Now head to the Brantford Bulldogs, and and it's in reverse order. So Colin had the first pick for the Colts. I'll now have the first pick for the Bulldogs, and then it'll continue on for all 20 teams. So with my second pick from the Brantford Bulldogs, really sucks that he's injured right now because who knows how many points he would have. But uh, Nick Lardis, my uh, second pick in this year's draft. Great pick. Um, And I think... Everyone now knows where I'm going to go with this I was going to say, yeah, I think everybody knows and where you're going. Everyone who knows how I'm going to select this pick knows where this came from first. The original effect right here, but respect to the name, from the, my hometown, the Dulla, Ontario, Merrick Van Acker. What a year Merrick's having, 57 points in 48 games. Reese, you saw that highlight goal on Sunday. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I know the game, I know the game was out of reach, but. He's just so good. I saw I saw a mock draft today that had him in the first round. Finally, um, going to where? Eighteenth, and okay. I don't know where that is. Man, yet. that'd be around where Detroit is, isn't it? 
As of now, yeah. Ooh. And that would be All right. that'd be incredible from Delhi wing. That would be uh, that would be pretty good. But uh, Merrick Finacker's my pick. Continues to impress, and I think everybody that saw him uh, perform at the top prospects game and sees him day in and day out against Brantford or for Brantford, um, wherever you see him, knows how good of a player he is, and um, he's most definitely been a great player so far. So Merrick and Bo, two athlete farm guys, there on my top line right now. Um, so that's pretty cool boy. to see. All right, next up, the Erie Otters. Colin Ward, first pick for the Otters. Who you got? Yeah, the third pick for my team. I'm going to stay in the forward category. I got to go with Panofemus. What a year he's having. 54 points in 47 games, uh, 16 goals, 38 assists. He's been great for them. And uh, he's scoring a lot of big goals for Erie. So I got to go with Panofemus. So Bo Gels, my American actor, Panofemus are my first three picks in my all-star team. Right on. My uh my third pick, second centerman taken for me, uh Kerry Terrantz, uh of the Erie Otters, a uh a second round pick by the Anaheim Ducks last summer, 44 points in 40 games for him, plus 14 uh as well, which I think is, is very yes. impressive for him. So going with uh Terrantz as my third pick in the draft. Next up, the Flint Firebirds. And sticking up front, a guy that I really enjoyed watching and kind of really noticed for the first time uh, in the 2022 OHL Championship Series, was a member of the Spitfires back then, now a member of the Flint Firebirds, Oliver Peer, uh, a guy that um, has been phenomenal. And, and I've enjoyed watching him since that, uh, that championship series. I thought being in that position for him personally did a lot of good for his game, so... So he's too. uh he's my fourth pick and is my second right winger as well. I've got two centermen and two right wingers so far. Uh, Colin Ward, who is your pick from the Flint Firebirds? Yeah, I'm gonna stick on the right side as well. Reese, get the matchup going. I'm gonna take Colson Petrie, um, from the Flint Firebirds. I like Petrie's season so far. Um, he's a guy that maybe you thought would be on the trade block a little bit. Maybe he was. Who knows? But um, great player, and um, I'm going with Colson Petrie. All right, uh, round number five, the Guelph Storm. Colin Ward, who is your selection from Guelph? I tell you, this team is going to be fast, fast down the middle. I am going Jet Lachenko, um, top prospect scheme. Everyone saw what he did. Uh, him and Merrick Van Acker, what a duo that would be yeah. um, speed-wise. So I'm going Jet Lachenko as my all-star of the Guelph Storm. Nice. Um, 53 points in 48 games on the year out of Guelph. For me, I, I've got the all-injured team, it seems like. But uh, I'm going on defense. He is injured, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, Michael Bushinger. Uh, so my first defenseman uh, from this draft, I mean, 39 points in 40 games for him. Uh, Third-round pick of the Blues in 2022. Again, uh, we would love to see a full season for Michael Bushinger this year, uh, but unfortunately out with an injury right now. So... We look forward to seeing him back in a Guelph Storm uniform, hopefully sooner rather than later. So he is pick number five for me. Absolutely. Number six, or round six, I should say. We will head to Kingston. I've got the first pick in this round. And going back to the forwards, my third centerman of the of the draft. Go with Paul Lewinsky 
from the Kate and Frontenacs. And uh, this one was one that I, I had looked at and I'm like, yeah, that's automatic. Let's go with the, let's go with this dude, Chicago draft pick. We'll be in the same system as Lardis, so I'm trying to create some chemistry there before they head to the Chicago farm <laughs> system. <laughs> but uh, 45 points in 38 yeah. games for Lenwinski, and I think that was an easy choice from the front next. Absolutely. Uh, my pick out of Kingston is Christopher Thibodeau. Uh, I was very impressed with Thibodeau when, in uh, Brantford a couple weeks back when Kingston was there. Perfect guy for the Troy Man system for one reason. He had 46 points in 46 games, which is all good and all, but they're a great defensive team. And we talked about this, the one, one, three, that Kingston does in the neutral zone, uh, minus three on the year for Ebido is incredible for a team with a low, uh, plus minus rating. And also yeah. only 10 penalty minutes on the year. That's definitely worthy of an all-star game. When you're a point a game, you only have 10 penalty minutes, um, yeah. on the year that's, uh, worthy. So I got to go with, um, Christopher Thibodeau out of Kingston as my sixth pick. And there's my defensive guy right up front. Yep. That a boy. Uh, all right. Next up, the Kitchener Rangers and Colin Ward has the first pick from Kitchener. You know, I taken my first six picks for forward, so I'm gonna go to the back end. Hunter Brusevich. Um, I think it's the easiest pick in the draft for me. 67 yeah. points in 49 games, plus 28. I mean, I think it's the easiest pick. I um, he's as you said, he's defenseman of the year right now. Um, in the Ontario Hockey League, Greece. I think it's the easiest decision. Um. And I think that would have been also your first pick if you had Kitchener. Big time. Well. I mean, oh, he's, yeah. the, he's like, he's the guy. Uh, he's a stud back there. And I got to have a good defenseman to match up against you. So I'm going for Savage. Yeah. No, no. And that, that's no problem at all. I kind of, there were a few names that I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Colin Ward's probably going to take this guy or this guy or this guy. Uh, so, I mean, if we're counting Carson Rakoff as a as a consolation prize, I'm all for pretty, it. Pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's actually the fourth center, so I'm done with centers uh, in the draft already. Uh, Carson Rakoff. I mean, what else? What else can you say? Sixty six points yep. in forty two games. It's been pretty good. So um, next up to the London Knights, and let's see here the eighth pick of the draft or. My eighth pick, I guess, is a better way to put it. Eighth round, I am going back to defense, and I am taking Sam Dickinson with uh, with my eighth pick. Great, Kinda, pick. I it was between him and Simpson, but I a I needed defense, so that kind of helped with that decision. But at the same time, he's going to be a top ten pick, top ten, fifteen pick in the NHL draft. So I, I I'd say that's a pretty pretty safe pick, and he's he's played phenomenally this year for the Knights in just his second season. And absolutely, and if we could have a lineup of forty players, I mean, there'd be three London Knights on each team at this rate. When you look yeah. at their numbers, obviously, oh, yeah. it's, that's that was really tough. I mean, not, and before I make this pick, I just want to mention Denver Barkey, seventy one points in forty five games. Easton Cowan, sixty four and thirty six. Those guys are all stars in the OHL, and. um those guys are great players. My pick is Oliver Bonk, though, uh, defenseman. I go Brusevich and Bonk on the back end as my one and two. I think it's not bad. Yeah, 54 points in 41 games in Bonk. Um, he does it all for them. So I just think, can you imagine having Brusevich, uh, quarterback my power play, Bonk in the bumper? Yeah. With uh, Lachenko, Jalsma, and uh, Van Acker? It's not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, round nine, we head to the Mississauga Steelheads. Colin Ward 
Who are you going with? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going in that Ryerson Leaners. I'm very impressed with Ryerson Leaners. I'm all on the Leaners train. I think he's a really good player in this league. Um, I think he's going to be a very good goaltender, and I love his game. So Ryerson Leaners, welcome aboard. You're my starting goalie. All right. So the goaltending tandem in Mississauga is going to be taken by both of us, uh, both guys. As I'm going with Jack Ivankovic uh, as one of my goaltenders, my ninth round pick. And yeah, I mean, you talk about the duos around the Ontario Hockey League. Who are the best duos? Top three duo in Mississauga, I think is safe to say, the way they've played this season. I mean, it's been a rough stretch for the Steelheads of late over the last month, month and a half. But I think one thing that has still stayed pretty consistent is the goaltending. And I know Ivan Kovic has has missed a little bit of time, but he's still a rookie. He's still got a lot of time to go. And I think he's playing at a very high level, despite being the backup to Ryerson leaders. So absolutely. Uh, next up, the Niagara Ice Dogs, and where is it? This this one was <laughs> this one was tough because I'm like, oh, Gavin Bryant, and it works out. He's OHL Player of the Week too, right? But I got to go with the guy that's coming off of his first OHL hat trick. I'm going with Ryan Robrick uh, on the left side. Uh, just he he continues to be fantastic and. We had talked about it. If the Ice Dogs do end up getting in the playoffs, there's a very strong case as to why Ryan Robrick should be the OHL Rookie of the Year because he'll be a big part of the reason why they get in. So, oh, 100%. So I'm going with him from the Ice Dogs. Great pick. And for a rookie to put up those amount of numbers is incredible uh, that Robrick has. For me, for out of Niagara, I am going with goaltender Owen Flores. So leaners and Flores, my goalies. Um Owen Flores has been great this year. And Reese, we talk about this at lengths all the time on the show. And it's like when you watch Niagara play, the game they're either in or the games they win, the goaltending has played great. And Owen Flores, I mean, and this goes back to last year, his body of work has been very exaggerated. But yeah, yeah. Like he's got an elephant on his back right there, uh, with the amount of game with his workload. Um, he's been great. And I gotta go Owen Flores. As my all-star in Niagara. Uh, all right. Next up, North Bay Battalion in the 11th round. Yeah, this is really going to beef up my power play because I'm going back to the wing. Anthony Romani, 78 points in 49 games, top score. He just hit 42 goals on my power play with Brasevich and Bonk. And then Anthony Romani, I am pumped for this duo. Plus 25 on the year. Give me Anthony Romani all day. boy. Uh, I'm going... Power play. Back to the defense. Yeah. Uh, Ty Nelson. And again, I, I keep picking guys who are hurt right now, but uh, Ty Nelson as a, as a defenseman, 41 points in 37 games. And I mean, coming into the season, North Bay had gone for it for two years in a row. You're thinking DiVincentis, Nelson, all their top guys. It was, you know, you enjoyed your time in North Bay, but they're going to go on a run somewhere else. Whereas, no, North Bay's going for it for a third year in a row, um, and and it'll be big once they're able to get Ty Nelson back into the lineup. So I'm going with him as my first defenseman on the right side with my 11th pick. Pick number 12 for me, uh, the Oshawa Generals is where we go next, and Beckett Seneca I, I'm going with. Now, I think a, a lot of people would expect Callum Ritchie to be that pick. However, Beckett Seneca, I've, I, 
the way he plays at every end of the ice is has been phenomenal. Um, and and I got to see it firsthand on uh, on Sunday against against the Bulldogs. It just he continues to be amazing. And I mean, they the Oshawa Generals have a number of names on their roster that are contributing right now, but. Uh, with with Seneca in 06, 42 points in 43 games. Yeah, he's he's been great. So let's uh, give me back at Seneca. You know what's impressive about Seneca, Reese? Obviously, there's a two-way street here, but for him, it's a one-way street. When you're good, Hawks don't just automatically just find you. It always feels like when you watch Oshawa play, Beckett Seneca has a scoring chance or creates something yeah. where it's like, oh, really? Um, like, how do you make that play? Um, and that's, uh, I like that pick. It's an underrated pick because he, you gotta be good to get pucks the way he does. And, uh, he's a great player for me. I'm going Callum Ritchie, uh, 54 points in 31 games, just to add to my, uh, forward, uh, depth. I gotta go Richie, uh, high skilled. Um, he is the heartbeat of that Oshawa team. When he came back, all of a sudden the script just switched, uh, with this team and, um, I think he, uh, I think he's great. He's a heck of a hockey player. Um, he's a big part of their identity, and I got to go, Callum Ritchie. All right, next up, the nation's capital, Ottawa sixty sevens. Colin Ward, who are you selecting? Yeah, so as a defenseman, as a defenseman, I am taking Henry Muse. Um, Muse has been great this year. Forty points in forty four games, playing both sides of the puck. Um, I got Henry Muse. For me, I'm staying on D as well. Give me that championship caliber player. Give me that championship experience. I'm taking Sam Maye on the back end to complete the left side of my blue line. Uh, coming over from Peterborough, Ottawa, obviously thought the same thing. You want a championship, so let's get that on our club, and that's what I'm looking for as well. So uh, give me Sam Maye with my 13th pick. Uh, 14th round, we go to the Owen Sound Attack. And right out of the gate, I think this is a pretty easy one for me. I am going with the man wearing the C, Colby Barlow. And he has really started to, to tear it up of late. And I, this this was a slam dunk pick for me, Colby Barlow. Um, pump for that. Put him on my left side. Absolutely. I like that pick as well. Um, elite, elite goal scorer, as we all know. I'm going with Sam Sedley on the back end. I'm sticking on the back end. I'm going Sam Sedley. 49 points in 44 games. He's a plus six on a minus team. I really enjoy his game. And uh, it allows me to get a defense score. Bruce Savage, Bonk, Muse, and Sedley. Um, I'm pumped for that. Atta boy. Uh, all right, next up, Colin Ward has the first pick for the Peterborough Peets. All right, Peterborough Peets. I am going to go Jonathan Malee. Um Great year he's having. He's a leader there now. He's kind of forced to be a leader as well. Um, where they are selling, he's stuck it out. He's put, He's having a good year. I'm going Jonathan Malee. Uh, for me, I need some help on the left side. Still got a couple of spots open here. I'm going with Chase LaFave. Now, point total, not I'm sure where where people would, would like to have it. However, you know we're looking at 26 points, 48 games. I, I still really like LaFave. Um you know, I mean, a, a guy that still has has experience winning an OHL championship. So, yeah, give me that. He's already played the amount of regular season games he did last year, 48, uh, which is, you know, seven points in 48 games. So he has improved. You've seen that 
point total jump, and he's had to for, for the Pete's. So give me him on the left side with pick number 15. Uh, next up, we go to the Mem Cup hosts, Saginaw Spirit. Give me the exceptionally well or exceptional stud, Michael Misa, uh, as my pick from the from the Saginaw Spirit. Quite a few guys we could have picked, but uh, Michael Misa for me, I think, uh, again, another one where you got to take him and, and he's going to round out the left side of my forwards. Absolutely, and I'm going to stick on the back end with the second off spirit. I'm going Zane Parak, 69 points in 46 games by a defenseman. Um, him and Bruce Savage, like, that's nasty. The years they're having, he's probably closest for defenseman of the year behind Bruce Savage um, yeah. in Parak, plus 25 on the year um, is incredible. So I got to go Zane Parak. Uh, he's too good to be left off the list. All right, next up, Sarnia Sting, round 17. Yeah, Sarnia can go any different way here, but here's a guy I've really liked this year in the two, in the three times I've saw him play. I really like his game, and I know the plus minus and the points aren't really there to where this defenseman is, but I'm going Lucas Fisher. I really enjoy his game. He has 23 points in 49 games, but I really enjoy his moxie on the back end. I think he's going to be a pro. I think he's a big part of this Sarnia team in the future, and I really like his game and perfect sixth defenseman for me. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, for me, I will round out the right side of my forward group with Marco Sikic and a guy who will set a career high in points this season. I've got no doubt uh, in that. He's got 43 right now, his career high being 49, which was last year uh, with the Sarnia Sting. In his 47 games played, 12 goals, 31 assists, will absolutely set a career high in points. And, uh, yeah, uh, a guy that uh, works as a nice depth piece on uh, on my all-star team here. Absolutely. Next up, and you can pick quite a few guys from this team, the Sioux Greyhounds. I need another goaltender, so let's go with Charlie Schenkel in net. Uh, the, the numbers speak for itself. Save percentage, really not where you want it to be um, at 888. Goes against average just barely over three. However, 22, 9, and 2, their team scores enough that maybe you can afford to give up three or four um, on certain nights. So, um, you know, but I've, I've still liked the way he's played. He's got the size at 6'5, 206. Big goaltender covers a lot of the net. So give me Charlie Schenkel as my, as my other goaltender. For me, I got to go with the elite goal scorer this year in Jack Beck. 61 points in 48 games. It gives me a line of Beck, Richie, and Romani, um, which is Not pretty bad. solid. Yeah, which is pretty solid. So I go in Jack Beck um, to really uh, help out on, up front. Great depth. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, next up, Sudbury Wolves. Colin Ward, who you got from them? The 19th round. Another one that'll be a top six forward for me, David Goyette, 75 points in 47 games. Um, I can't believe he didn't score on Friday on the back doors. Oh my God. I cannot like, believe. I can't scored. believe that. There's like, we were both like, that's it. Wait, what? He missed yeah. that? Like, yeah. For those that didn't know, David Goyette had a wide open net on the back door in the game on uh, the game in Brantford on Friday night. It was a wide open net. He hit the post and came directly out. 
I swear if Goyette gets that nine more times, he scores every time. Yeah. Um, and if you're a goaltender, Mateo Drobak, that's a sign from the heavens there. Uh, because that doesn't happen too often. And I know those good pucks are going to go in on my squad. I got David Goyette. Gotta be. Gotta segue that one. Yeah. Uh, for me, going to the back end, I uh, need to round out my defense. Going with Donovan McCoy. Uh, he's been a plus player since coming over to Sudbury this season. Six points in 11 games, all being assists. Um, and this is really for his defensive side of the game. Um, he He's really a guy that uh, that Sudbury absolutely loves to have because he he protects the puck very well. So uh, give me Donovan McCoy to, uh, to, well, not complete my defense because I'm about to right now um, with the Windsor Spitfires and pick number 20. I am going with Anthony Cristoforo, Woodbridge, Ontario native, the 06, 30 points in 46 games for an 06. I mean, the plus minus is kind of what you would expect on a on a team where the Windsor Spitfires are currently in the standings. But, you know, at the same time, there's a lot of upside for this kid. He's still got a lot of time left, to, you know, in the Ontario Hockey League as a rookie, 41 points in 63 great 63 games uh, this year. I think he gets past that total. He needs 11 points, which might be a little, little tough, but at the same time, I think he's very capable of getting past that mark. So to round out, uh, to round out my defense and to round out my 20, give me Anthony Cristoforo. Nice pick Reese. My last pick in, I guess the 20 teams, the mandated picks, one yep. player for the team. I'm League going- minimum. Yeah, league minimum. Yeah, I am going with the 20th pick, Liam Greentree, 66 points in 43 games, a minus two um, on the year. Uh, Greentree just brings it all to the table, and um, I'm excited to see what he can do on my squad. All right, so let's get to – and they're not really scratches. I've got them listed as scratches. They're more extras than, than anything. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said at the beginning, this is where – out of the three players, one has to be an OA, one has to be a goalie. One can be whatever you want. It could be another rookie, it could be another OA, uh, whatever you whatever you want it to be. So, um, Colin, we'll start with you. Who's your first extra pick? And, and again, this can be from any team. An extra? Well, he is an OA, but it's not my OA pick. I am going Matthew Sop from the Kitchener Rangers. I think yeah, it's soft to this forward crew. I'm I'm excited. Honestly, it's kind of cool to see what these teams could be because like it would be very intriguing. Matthew Sop, 69 points in 49 games this year, plus 13, leading the Rangers in scoring. Well, tied for leading in the Rangers in scoring with my guy, Hunter Brasevich, um, on my back end. So I think those two guys would be studs out of Kitchener for me. And I'm going Matthew Sop. I love his game. My uh my first extra, he was a Second round pick of the Detroit Red Wings in 2023. Defenseman from the Sioux Greyhounds. And I, I love defense. It's like pitching. You can't have enough. Uh, give me Andrew Gibson. 32 points in 48 games. He's a plus 28. 115 shots on goal uh, as a defenseman, I think, is a phenomenal number. So I, I'm pumped for that pick and and have Andrew Gibson, A, not only be a Wings draft pick, but technically wearing Wings colors in Sioux St. Marie. So. That's clutch. Yeah, that uh, that's really he could be one of my top D men, and actually he'd probably be up on that top pairing with Nelson or Dickinson. So, and and he was an extra pick. So, 
Uh, next up, uh, give me a third goaltender and the guy I was kind of. This was the should battle. I pick him? Should I pick Dickinson? But uh, I get Dickinson in round eight, round twenty-two. I get Michael Simpson. He's also my OA pick as well. So Michael Simpson being my third goaltender again, a guy looking forward to getting healthy, getting him back ready to go, and uh, you know back to full form and championship form. You could say coming off of a OHL championship for per- performance last year. Absolutely, and that was one of those picks, Reese, where you, whoever had the ex, the extra pick, the OA pick first, was going to take that goaltender because I'm going Benjamin Godro in Erie, and that was my option as well. I was going Simpson. You had the first pick, yeah. Uh, but um, Ben Godro for what he's done to Erie this year, coming over there, he's played great. I'm going Ben Godro, so I'm going Godro, Leanders, and Flores as my goaltending. Nice. Shankle, ben. Ivan Kovic, and I've got Simpson. Those are my three. That's pretty even, really. If you think yeah, that'd be about solid. It. Yeah, that'd be solid. I'm yeah. excited to see these rosters. After this next pick, we'll name our rosters. We'll yeah. we'll out our lineup. Absolutely. Um, uh, who's your rookie pick? Because you had the last one. That'll be round number twenty-three. I think this is kind of my obvious pick, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone kind of knows. Uh, no, I think here. Merrick and Bo were the obvious ones. True. This one kind of is too, I True. guess. But close one, third. This is my rookie of the year pick. Jake O'Brien out of Brantford, 44 points in 41 games for a 16-year-old. Um, incredible. He's going to break the Bulldogs' rookie record. He's four away from tying. He's close. Um, he's going to could get it this weekend. Um, Jake O'Brien, uh, you're welcome to the squad, my rookie. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. Reed Duthie said I'd be fired if, uh, if um, Jake O'Brien broke the record while I was filling in for him. <laughs> Which I mean, hard to say I wasn't pushing for it, but at the same oh, time, oh, you want it. You at the same it. time, we're looking for a classic Reed Duffy call on that. So I wonder what Reed's. I wonder what Reed's call is going to be. Man, at least he'll get. At least he'll get Kaliev's name right. Unlike the, at the World Juniors, Kaliev. Yeah. So to be when honest, he announces that that'll be all right. I it's probably unlikely, but I was hoping he would get it on a road game. So when we're right when we're with Reed, we can actually hear the call in person, yeah, rather than at home. But I want it to be yeah. at home. Yeah, five point nine in Guelph. I want we'll it see. to be at home. I want it to be at home too, though, yeah. so they can stop the game and have the Civic Center erupt. Yeah, Jake's been great. Yeah, and uh, that's my last pick, my rookie. Uh, my rookie pick, the guy fighting with Jake O'Brien for that uh, that rookie scoring title, Sam O'Reilly. Uh, from the Knights, Colin Ward, big Sam O'Reilly guy, uh, yeah. 44 points, 49 games for him. Uh, 15 of those are goals. He's a plus 24 as well. Uh, he scored three power play goals, which I think for, for a rookie is pretty impressive as well. So uh, give me Played Sam O'Reilly to, to round it out. But, uh, yeah, uh, Colin, you can name your team first. I'll name my team after. We'll put all of this on social media as well, kind of get your opinion who wins? And we'll 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 work the lines to our favor. So it's not necessarily in the order that we picked where they'll be lined match up, up. But we'll play match the matchups up. and who who's home? Who gets hey, the last change? As you know, you know my picks. I think we go like four out of seven too. Like each day we do a oh, different yeah. pool. But you know my picks. You know my matchup, what I'm doing. 
that's why I mean, obviously I'm taking Brusevich and Bonk, but that's why I wanted to go Perek and Sedley so badly after to get that matchup on the back end and have two oh, yeah. stall, have two stud defensemen. But I'm going so my forwards named in order, I guess. Bo Gelsma, Merrick Van Acker, Panofemus, Colson Petrie, Jet Lachenko, Christopher Thibodeau, Anthony Romani, Callum Ritchie, Jonathan Malie, Jack Beck, David Goyat, and Liam Greentree. And the reason why, I, and I guess we, you can name your forwards next too. We'll name forwards yeah. D and then goaltending. And I guess I went like this for my forwards, Reese. And then I guess we'll explain why. But I went like that for my forwards because I like the ability to have that. I mean, the skill, the goal scoring there is crazy. There's three to four guys here that can score 40. One already is a 40. He'll be a 50 goal scorer. Like, that's huge to have three to four 40 goal scorers on your team. And then to have guys that can kill penalties as well is huge and play a speed game, puck possession. So I'm excited to see what my forwards can do. Yeah. Yeah. My forwards in order ish, not technically because there were some defensemen put in there, but. Forwards, Cole Baudouin, Nick Lardis, Kerry Terrance, Oliver Peer, Paul Ludwinski, Carson Rakoff, uh, Ryan Robrick, Beckett Seneca, Colby Barlow, Chase Lafave, Michael Misa, and Marco Sikic. I think I've got a little bit of everything in there. I've got rookies. I've got OAs in there. Guys drafted, guys not drafted, guys who will be drafted eventually. Um, yeah, I mean, I think w- once I get healthy, that'll help uh, with yeah. Mick Lardis up front. That'll be that'll be a nice addition back into the lineup. He's right there with Romani. Right yeah, top. yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've got I and, and with Seneca with with Robrick Misa. There's my young core for the future. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's good. I've got the veterans, Barlow, Ludwinski in there, Oliver Peer, and Carson Rakoff. So yeah, it's a it's a good mix. Colin, uh, who's on D? Remind us of your of your defenseman. Yeah, my defense. I'm pumped for my defense. Hunter Brusevich, Oliver Bonk, Henry Muse, Sam Sedley, Zane Perak, and Lucas Fisher. Um, I I really like my defense because they're the type of defense core where I can afford to have a guy like Muse and Sedley, or I'll probably go Brusevich, Bonk, Sedley, Perak, F- Muse, and Fisher in that order. And it's going to be interesting because it's one of those defense core where I feel confident I could go Perak and Sedley on the matchup and yeah. give Bonk and Brusevich, or I can split them up. But a Brusevich and Perak pairing. Could be nasty yeah. um, in the goal scoring category of things. So we'll see how I roll with that throughout the matchups. But I'll have to change that each uh, day we do this, Reese. But I'm going, uh, that's my decor. And I really like the skill and I like the ability to match up and play big back there. Uh, my defense, Michael Bushinger. Again, let's get him back in the lineup. Uh, Sam Dickinson, Ty Nelson. Need him to come back. Sam Maye, Donovan McCoy, and Anthony. Christoforo. So I'm playing shorthanded on the back end. Thank God I have Andrew Gibson as an extra um, yeah. to, to give me five defensemen. But you know, at the same time, when you look at Bushinger and Nelson, that top pairing on my team, both being out, I, A, that gets rid of a lot of points. Uh, that gets rid of a lot of um, opportunities negated in my own end. Um, but I, I think you you put together Dickinson McCoy uh, as a pair. Maya Cristoforo yeah. I think is a nice third pairing um, 
for me, Maya with that championship uh, experience with Cristoforo, a younger guy in the league. Um, you know, I think I can shut down a lot of opportunities in my own end and and really Absolutely. create a lot of offense going back the other way. So, Absolutely. Uh, goaltending, remind us yeah. of your your two goaltenders. And the one thing is about your team is Reese, your team. You have the depth on defense. If I have a defense oh, yeah. to go down, I am done. I don't have an extra defense and mine is all up front. Um, it's my defense are highly skilled. Like if my, one of my forwards get hurt, you throw Matthew Sop and there or Jake O'Brien, like you really don't take a dip. But if one of my defense, I gotta go, I'm forced to go five D I'm in trouble. Yeah. So that's the one thing that's um, going to be risky for my end of things. Um, but goaltending, I'm going Ryerson leanders. Um, he's my guy. Owen Flores and Ben Godreau. Um, are my three goalies. I, I went three goalies, 60 oh, and uh, two extra forwards, which is interesting. Yeah. So that's my uh, goaltending. Yeah, I went one, one, and one with that extra forward being O'Reilly, extra defenseman being Gibson. Uh, my goaltending tandem of Charlie Shankel, Jack Ivankovic, of course, Shankel being the number one guy, and then Michael Simpson being that third guy if, if anyone goes down. So, yeah, again, like I said, this will be up on social media at the OHL and 60 podcast. And, uh, yeah, who do you think will win? I think I'm winning, but uh, we'll see. Oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to mix and match the lines and, and oh, go yeah. from there. I'll make a match. I'm going to match up. I'll, I know this won't be the same. I know my lineups won't be the same. Um, no. It's going to be interesting though, to see how this uh, works out with the matchup. My power play, I'm very confident. Penalty kill, special teams, I'm confident with the guys I have. I have like guys like Merrick Van Acker, who's a threat shorthanded. Lachenko is a threat. Then my power play, I can go Goyette, Richie, Romani, Brosevich, Bonk. That's pretty nasty, not including back green tree. Like, yeah, I'm excited for that with Parak. That's the part I'm excited for my power play. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's hit a quick break here. When we come back, we'll look ahead to a couple of games we're excited for this upcoming weekend. And then we'll get into the power rankings quickly to wrap things up here on this week's edition of the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we wrap up this week's show. Uh, kind of already went over a couple of games that we're, that we're looking forward to, and we went over that in the first segment. So we'll quickly wrap here with the, uh, with the power rankings. Uh, so we'll go over the leagues first, then we'll, then we'll touch on our top five. So moving out from the bottom four, the Niagara Ice Dogs up one spot to number 16. Kingston down one to number 15. Sarnia up one to number 14. Owen Sound does not move. They're the number 13 team. Guelph Storm down one to number 12. Mississauga down one to number 11. Erie Otters up two to number 10. Ottawa 67s down one to number nine. Brantford Bulldogs down one as well. They're number eight. Battalion down one. They're number seven. Kitchener Rangers down two to number six. Oshawa Generals up four to number five. Sudbury Wolves up one spot to number four. Sault Ste. Marie down one to number three. Saginaw down one to number two. And then it's the London Knights moving up two spots to number one. Uh, Colin Ward, 
for you personally, who is your fifth ranked team in the Ontario Hockey League? My fifth team, and this isn't a surprise, I don't think to anybody, my fifth seed is the Oshawa Generals. Oshawa's been great. Oshawa's a threat. They're a big team. They play big. They get shots on net. They're going to be the toughest out right now in the Eastern Conference. Uh, right now, they are the strongest team in the Eastern Conference, the Oshawa Generals. Yeah, and I mean, like like we had kind of pointed out at the start of the show, the run they're on right now uh, is the best in the, in uh, not the Ontario Hockey League, but the Eastern Conference. Uh, power play has jumped up to 20%, PK over 80 yeah, they, they've been phenomenal. And for me, it was between them and Sudbury. Uh, you know, Sudbury, I thought it was impressive to come back following a loss in Brantford on Friday. They defeat the Steelhead 6-3 on Sunday. I thought that was big. Um, but it is hard to ignore what Oshawa has done, uh, being 6-0-1-1 in their last, uh, or that being the streak they're on right now. So, yeah, no, I, I'm in agreement with you. Oshawa has been, has been very good without Lockhart. So, so yeah. they, they've been great. So give me their, their number five as well. Uh, number four, Colin. Four for me. And I mean, yes, it was a tough one on Friday, but a great bounce back on Saturday, the Sudbury Wolves. What Sudbury can do in the goal scoring side of things in the Eastern Conference is second to none. It's very, very, very close. So I truly believe Oshawa is the best team right now in the Eastern Conference, but Last year, you didn't pick, you didn't shy away from Peterborough. And whenever we said Peterborough was done, they showed wrong. Sudbury Wolves, I can't bet against that team. That's a team you can't bet against this year. It feels like that team is too good. If they peak at the right time, look out. Um, Sudbury to me is four. Yeah. And, and for me, it was, it, it was a challenge between keeping Kitchener in and, and putting Sudbury ahead. Um, Same here, you know, and 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 you look at the difference. Kitchener, yeah, they still do have a five point advantage on the Wolves. Um, thankfully for a lot of Eastern Conference teams, Kitchener um, is not in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, thirty one wins is still impressive for Kitchener. They've played fifty games, which if you give Sudbury three more wins to get to thirty, they're just one point behind Kitchener or just one win behind Kitchener, I should say. They're ahead of Kitchener um, in points. So that was the one thing for me that kept Sudbury close. Um, however, I I still think Kitchener is a top five team. I, I still think they have the talent uh, to be up there. And, and again, it's just, I think they're starting to come out of the rut, but they're not really out of it yet. Um, you know, they, they do still have to get on that role that we had talked about over the last couple of weeks, but I, I still think they're a top four team in the Ontario hockey league. 31 wins is still impressive. Only four teams are at 30 wins and the other three are ahead of them. So, um, Kitchener is still four. I, I still like their special teams. They they've earned the right to be still listed in the top five, in my opinion. And I, and I respect that Reese. I do with Kitchener to me, they're my sixth team this week. I really do respect that, but four and six in your last 10, they dropped a lot of big games to me. And that being said, they have a big week this week. Yeah, they'll be right back in the top five. Consider that one team that's right out of it. And yeah. we all, we, and like you mentioned, they're a really good team. You look at that team, they're a good team. Um, just for me, they're not in my top five this week. My three team is the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. Um, Sue won that game last Wednesday, but. But I said if they win that game, hey, they'll be my two seed. But then they have then they dropped one. So Sue's three for me. 
Yeah, they're they're three for me as well. Um, and it's I think the top three is pretty clear cut this week for 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 us calling. So yeah, Sue Sue Saint Marie, they're they're number three for me as well. Um who you got at number two? Two first time being the top three for me all year. The Saginaw Spirit, the two spot. Um they're red hot. They're, and if it wasn't for London being 18 0 and two in their last 20 games, yeah. they'd be one. Yeah. Um Saginaw's two, London one. As yeah, 18-0-0 and two. Like that's a, like their 04 run. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Like that, like the team of the century, the 0405, when they the year of the Memorial Cup, when the when they went all on that winning streak like that, I mean. 18 and 2 like you're getting into Sault Ste. Marie category games with a point in the 18 season, how dominant that Sioux team was that ran into Hamilton. It's just one of those things where you can't bet against the Hunters and their staff. Um, we talked about it last week. They built through the draft. They just do it right. Um, they're just loaded. They, like they're, They didn't have to do anything at the deadline. They're showing all those people that the reason why they didn't have to do that because they're a good team. Yeah, I think what's amazing is you look at the penalty minute category and the separation between London, Saginaw, and then Sioux. Sioux, 494. Saginaw, 623. London, 789. How many of the Boltons bring to that table? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Hey, the uh, Boltons. I thought that was hilarious looking at that category, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I I agree with you. Saginaw, then London. Yeah, that was that's pretty simple. Top three was pretty simple, really. So um yeah, that's our that's our show for this week. Of course, stay tuned for to social media at the OHL and 60 podcast. We will send out our all-star rosters and we'll get ready for another week in the Ontario Hockey League. 20-ish games left to go, some have less. So it's gonna be an exciting time in the Ontario Hockey League and we hope everybody enjoys it. So we hope you enjoyed this show as well. We always appreciate it every single week. And we will chat again in seven days.